welcome back to the Turning 30 podcast, a place where we talk about what it's really like to turn 30. I'm your host, life coach Emma Wilson, and I'm here to help you feel better, get unstuck, and be more confident at 30. Today's guest episode came out of the fact that when I looked at the Spotify unwrapped statistics that I know I spoke about a little bit on that episode last week, I saw that the Girl Talk episode that I did on dating with my fellow coach and good friend Caitlin, who is known as the compatibility coach, had received so many more downloads than all of the other episodes that I had done. And it doesn't surprise me why. Caitlin and I, whenever we're together, we've collaborated many, many times and we always have really honest, really unfiltered and blunt conversations about dating. I love these episodes because they really are an opportunity to share my inner thoughts and beliefs about dating from my own personal experience, also to share about my relationship and things that I'm working on with clients and also Caitlin who has been a dating coach now for many years and works week on week with women who are in their 30s who are actively dating and putting themselves out there and she works with them on all of these topics we just end up having these really productive and interesting conversations and the minute I saw it I was like Caitlin I texted her you are coming back on third time's a charm let's do this let's have a really honest chat about losing hope in dating because whenever I do a question box on my Instagram and I do a shout out for questions for my community I'd say the most on repeat question that I get is from uh, those that are asking okay I'm 31 and I'm single and I'm losing hope what to do dating and losing hope just got rejected just went through a breakup and I feel like I'm never going to meet somebody um what can I do can you give me some advice and I love this topic I think it's something that it's really important to talk about in a really honest way. It's something that I really struggled with, as you will probably hear in this episode, when I was single and I went through various knockbacks and also, you know, did want to meet somebody. So I invited Caden on and we're going to dive into this topic. I think this is going to be a really interesting episode for those of you who feel like sometimes it's hard to keep the faith about your relationships and to enjoy your single life whilst also working towards dating and meeting somebody and all of those things. So this episode comes just before I'm about to release on New Year's Eve. So if you're listening to this in real time or around the time of its release, it will be in the next couple of weeks, my brand new course, Next Chapter in Love. So many of you will have heard me speaking about and maybe even signed up for my Next Chapter Foundations coaching course. So this is a course that is specifically about how to build your next chapter in love and it's not a typical dating course it's not a course that's going to talk you through how to be good on dates even though I am very specifically in the course going to give you lots of 
great tips for dating but the course is really about how to put yourself in the best possible position to meet somebody, how to put yourself in the best possible mindset, how to accept where you are and how to own your timelines. This course is what I wish that I had three years ago when I was newly single at the age of 33 and navigating the dating world. I was still healing from a breakup. It was the first time that I had been single in my 30s and in four years. And I needed advice. I couldn't navigate it myself. And I obviously at the time had a coach and had therapists and did a lot of work on myself. But what I could have really used is a place where I could be supported to help me build that next version of myself who was enjoying her single life, but also with the aim of meeting somebody. And that's exactly why I've put this course together. It really is a culmination of all of those things that I have learned over these last few years. And also by working with clients who have also gone through the same thing. So this episode is really linked to the topics that I talk about on the course. And I want to invite all of you to already get on the wait list. So if you look in the podcast notes, in the show notes, you will see a link that you click. All you have to do is put your name and email in and then you will be sent the pre-launch details. You'll get first access to the course with a discount as well. And it's just a really good way to start off the new year ready for 2024 to be the year that you just reclaim that feeling of singleness in your 30s and you step up and start taking actions to build that next chapter so go ahead uh, all you need to do is put your email in and you'll be um, on the list you will receive an email into your inbox where you will need to confirm your subscription so don't just put it in and then leave it check your inbox it might be in your junk in your spam um, confirm and then you'll officially be on the wait list and uh, a few days before New Year's Eve you will get information of how you can register. And for now let's dive in to the episode. Hi Kaylin, welcome back to the Turning 30 podcast. Thank you. Welcome back for the third time, <laughs> third, ta- third time guest but can we just say before we even get started that the reason that you're back here isn't because I wouldn't have invited you anyway. Of course I would. But it's because on my Spotify wrapped, it came up that our episode on Spotify was the most listened to episode of 2023. Wow. Yeah. And it was like for listened to 449% more than the average episode. Oh my God. I love Crazy, that. right? For our girl talk one, because we also okay. did another one about manifesting love. And I think it was that. So I had to invite you back on to do another girl talk. And obviously just we can endlessly talk about dating uh, and love forever. So welcome back. Excited for the episode. I will say, <laughs> you already started scratching. But anyone watching on YouTube who's watching on video right now, mm. Caitlin has the chicken pox, <laughs> which you can tell us about in a second. So she's very itchy and scratchy. And I also have eczema all over my body, a hormone pregnancy related eczema breakout. So 
when we were preparing for the call, we've both been laughing because we're like, we literally can't stop itching. And then Caitlin was itching and I was scratching before. So uh, really sorry if you're watching this on YouTube, but you're going to have to put up with us, with us distracting you with our scratching. Yeah, but this will probably be your like highest watched YouTube video because everybody wants to see how horrible we look. No, yeah, guys, I already had chicken pox, but I just happen to be one of those very, very, very special people that can get it again at the age of 32. So, yay. Uh, no, madness. it's been, um, and I go away, I fly on Monday to go to Fiji in New Zealand for six weeks. So luckily it's happened now, not when I'm on the plane, but yeah, it's, <laughs> I don't even know what to say. I've just given it, Emma like a little sexy strip tease to show her all my spots. <laughs> we'll make sure that doesn't make it onto YouTube because then yeah. it definitely will be the most, <laughs> the most watched episode. But yeah, I can definitely verify that Caitlin does have the chicken pox. But yeah. yes, you're right. The timing is is crazy but fingers crossed oh doggy's coming for youtube as well yeah, um he's, he's otherwise he's gonna start barking no love he can definitely be part of the conversation we're very dog friendly <laughs> here in the turning 30 podcast but yeah hopefully it all will be cleared up and you can enjoy your six week break i can't believe you're going to be yeah. on the other side of the world so fun for you let's dive into the topic that we've selected for today and for anybody who hasn't listened yet to our previous episodes the last one that we did the one that was so downloaded and listened to was uh, a girl talk so we really did it very backwards and forwards we weren't really it wasn't really an interview it was more of a let's just come and sit and share our thoughts and our feelings on different topics and we actually answered audience questions and really recommend going back and listening to that after you've listened to this one but I want to do the same format today it's going to be the same we're just going to share we're going to share our from our personal experience our personal perceptions of things but also obviously I'll just say for both of us we work with lots of clients many of whom are in their 30s who are single who are dating looking for love so we, we probably will also refer to some client stories and the topic that we've selected is how to not lose hope in dating and then lots of other things that fall under that where you know whether it's about mm. rejection and ghosting whether it's about not having dated for a while liking dating so these are all the kinds of things we're gonna we're going to dive into today so I guess I'll just start by throwing it out there the question and I think we know the answer but I'll say it anyway is it normal do you find that it's something that happens a lot that women your clients come to you and they are feeling hopeless about dating and meeting someone Oh my God, a thousand percent. And it's interesting because actually I have like a pre-clamp form that I send out and I always ask people like, you know, where would you rate yourself on a scale of one to 10 where you do trust or believe that you are going to find love? And mm. it's usually like below a five when mm. they start. And I think it's, you know, I've said before, I think that dating can be one of the loneliest places to be because it feels like you are the odd one out. It feels like it's happening for everybody around you. You're like surrounded, you're bombarded with signs where it's like everybody else can find love easily, just not you. So, you know, if you have had like years of disappointment, even if you haven't had any bad breakups, like I'd never had a boyfriend to my husband, but like the like 
kind of the mini heartbreaks, the mini disappointments, the constant ghosting, mm. it does make you feel really, really hopeless. Mm. Totally. And I love that, that you have that on the form, because I think that really shows mm. just how much trust and hope plays in the role of, of dating and the role mm. of, of meeting somebody. And that's what I just want to start off by saying, is that I think that a lot of the time when people come to me and they're really ready to start dating or they want to put themselves out there or they feel like they should, which maybe yeah. we should talk about the shoulds after. <laughs> but, you know, when they do that, they immediately want to start with the practical stuff, with the actions of like, let me just like mm. understand like what apps I, sh- I should download, you know, my dating techniques, how I should actually put myself out there and all those things. But I think that building trust in yourself and hope that you're going to meet somebody is actually really key to the outcome more so than how good you are at dating how often you date where you know where you're going to meet somebody do you agree with that yeah I always say it's 80 percent mindset 20 percent strategy like you know you have to of course there's an element of strategy and you know within that you can look at how you're showing up behaviors the apps you know flirting techniques all that sort of stuff but you have to make sure your mindset is in a good place because if you are going into dating like okay if I went into a job interview and I sat there and I had my arms folded and I was thinking I hate this company that boss looks like a prick I don't want to be here I'm not going to get the job anyway so what's the point you know blah 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 would I get Mm -hmm. the job no I fucking wouldn't it's the same with dating like you can't go into it approaching it like it's a battlefield or you know thinking okay if I could just do this thing even though I hate being here it's going to work so I think the dealing with your stuff and getting your mindset in a good place is crucial for it and then allowing for the magic and making sure Mm. you've got like the strategy and the structure in place that's kind of the the journey I'd say that I take most clients on and I want to add to that the example is perfect I always when I'm coaching actually on dating I I often make that parallel often using analogies of work it's funny isn't it like interviews and dating and it just comes up a lot like though like comparing those two things which maybe in in a way is like a signal that we we do kind of see dating as like work or like we do see it as an interview process which I guess in a way in a way that it is but what I actually wanted to say going on a, on a side note is that exactly like you just said, when we go into a dating situation and our our beliefs, our limiting beliefs are really there, i.e. we just feel hopeless. Like maybe there's a thought there of like, this just isn't going to work or there's no hope for me. Like I'm never going to meet someone. I call it energy leaks. Like you literally go on a date and you just leak through a really strong energy of not feeling confident or not feeling optimistic and some men or women who are on the other person on the date maybe will never pick that up like because they're just not that perceptive but most people are and it's exactly like you said if you go to an interview that leaked through of that energy of not really wanting the job the recruiter will be able to tell if you go on a date and you don't truly believe that it's going to end up with anything then you for sure will leak through that energy so that's what I call it yeah I've had so many clients actually say recently 
oh no, I wasn't feeling it because I can tell he's really insecure and he's trying mm. to force it. And it's, it's like, it's, it's just a bad energy. And it's so exactly. true. Like when we're acting from that place where it's like, I need this to happen. I wish this is going to happen. I, you know, it, it, it's a horrible word to use the word dis- desperation, but it, and I remember dating from that place so much, but it really does come across like that. And it's not who you are. And it's going to be so much better to put the time actually into refilling your own bucket rather than trying to force yourself to date when you are in that space or you're feeling burned out. You know, hundred percent, yeah. And isn't it funny how you can pick it up from the other person? Like you can exactly like you say, yeah. And I think the word desperate, it's I hate that word, but it, I think it is also true. Like you can smell when you go on a date with somebody, you can almost like smell it. Like oh, I can smell yeah. how much they wanted it. I can smell their desperation. Or you, sometimes it's the opposite. Like you can really see the avoidance. Like oh, you can tell that person didn't really want to be there. But it's funny because we don't think we look, a lot of it when we're dating, we're really focused on the other person, like what they're doing. It's like oh, the other person's behavior and how it affects us. And I think we often don't look enough at our behavior and say, okay, maybe that specific day that person did like smell of insecurity and the energy was leaking through. But how are you showing up when you go on dates? How are your dating beliefs showing up, coming through when you are in a situation where, in in a dating situation? And yeah, yeah, do you want to say something? (laughs) I was just going to say, I have like a really lovely question I like to ask just to almost do like a little bit of a sense check when we are going in this and it's like are you running away from something do you want something because you're moving you're running away from pain or being alone or you're dating because you feel like you have to or Mm. whatever it is is that why you are going on dates is that where you're showing up from or are you moving towards pleasure are you moving towards something that brings you joy? Mm. Are you dating because you're excited to meet somebody? Are you dating because you're ready to build a life with someone? You know, the result is the same because you're going on dates, but it feels very different. You can see what happened to my face then. I was like, ooh, versus, ah. You know, your body feels different. Like it's, it's such a different place to come from. And of course, like, you know, let's be honest, you're never going to be 100% like, oh, I'm excited to date because there are so many shitbags out there. But we want to be doing a little bit of work to get you kind of 70, 80% towards the moving towards joy and pleasure. Oh, I love that analogy. I don't think I've ever heard you say that before. That's a, that's a podcast first. So yeah, I really, really love that. I think it's really important. Okay. So say you have a client, you have somebody who comes to you. She's filled out the form. She's very low on the hope, right? It's like two, three on the rating scale. Just doesn't feel hopeful. She's running away from this feeling of loneliness or the feeling of like nervousness to be alone in her thirties where do you start with working with someone like that? Like what, what's the kind of work that you do? So I would actually start, it's a, such a great question. I actually think probably any place you start as a coach, don't you, is empathy and actually mm. holding a bit of compassion for where you are because, you know, at various points in the year, for example, Christmas is such a big trigger time for people losing hope, for being like, oh my God, it's another year alone. You know, I swore to myself this year, I'd have a boyfriend or girlfriend by January. You might have all the annoying questions from 
Tandy's uncles be like, oh, I so single. This episode is coming out the week before Christmas. So Amazing. Okay, this very, is a brilliant one to listen to. Yeah, yeah, very apt, very apt. So, you know, environmental triggers like that will play a huge part. And don't ever underestimate that. You know, like the weather can play a factor in how you feel, you know, totally. general, your hormones, all that sort of stuff. So having a bit of compassion for what's going on and where you're at. And then actually, I wouldn't even, I wouldn't focus on the dating. If somebody comes to me and they're like, I'm hopeless, I'm burnt out, and I just, I I feel like dating is a job, we don't date. We don't, we don't even, we don't even go there. We actually take so much time off to go back to the basics and do the work on mindset and really look at building that hope as a process that can be learned and it's something that we have to start practicing every day so we can create it more easily in our love life but you know we will do things like maybe look at the we'll say okay what percentage of you does feel hopeful and even if it's one percent that's one percent we can build on that's one percent that we can acknowledge is there And then we can do like a little bit of an inventory where we can say, okay, what are your beliefs around dating, love, sex, marriage, men, women, being alone? What's the kind of language you're using? When you have these thoughts, when you're feeling like this, how do you show up? What do you actually start doing when you're feeling really hopeless? And then it might be, okay, well, actually I sit in front of the TV and I binge eat and I watch like 10,000 episodes of Grey's Anatomy. Okay, and also that's what I do. Then it's like, <laughs> fine, okay. So where what where could we change the behavior in that sense? Where could we change the thoughts and things like that? And you know, I think the reason we start there, because then we have an amazing basis to work from of actually things we can do in everyday life to bring more hope in. But a huge thing actually that I've been working on a lot more this year is collecting new evidence to support a new belief system because Mm. let's say you've never had a relationship right or you've only had crappy ones or whatever's been going on it's always going to be in the back of your mind love isn't for me dating is hard this is going to end and what you focus on expands so you're literally like walking around with little goggles on being like all men are shit all women are shit you know all shit tinted shit goggles whatever. that's what I call yeah, them shit, shit tinted shit glasses tinted that's it. instead of rose okay. tinted glasses shit tinted glasses yeah million percent with you on that <laughs> so then you will start to collect evidence to support whatever thoughts you're having whatever beliefs you've got underlying and I I always say like imagine you're just carrying around this like sack of crap like <laughs> that you like walk around with on your shoulder every single day that's what you're bringing in to kind of your life without realizing it so what do we do okay if you want to build a hopeful future and you want an amazing relationship let's start collecting new bits of evidence to put in a new bag and it can Mm. be exhausting but it means really seriously every single day writing down like one positive thing that you've seen about love or that your, your friends told them about their partner or that you've seen on Instagram, or you saw a celebrity do, like, I don't care. Or, you know, you remember something from your past that an ex-boyfriend did. So every single day, you start to retrain your brain to focus on the fact that there are good people out there, that love is around you, 
that it can happen at any age. So depending on what your kind of like limiting beliefs are, we can start collecting new evidence to support a healthier belief. That's really important, I'd say. Again, nothing to do with dating. And then want to move into the world of like expansion. So I feel like I'm on a massive monologue here. I love this. I'm loving it all. (laughs) Like I'm just like, there's so many pearls of wisdom. Please keep with the monologue. Keep going. So once you've kind of done like the mindset work, the inventory, maybe finding out what's holding you back, all that sort of stuff, then we go, okay, let's move into the what if world. What if it did work? What possibilities are out there for your life? You know, Mm. what do you want? And not just about dating. We can't have that as the whole thing. What do you want your future in five years to look like? And it's got to be how it feels. It's got to be so many other things. So you can start doing like, you know, getting really serious on that. You can use vision boards. You can whatever, you know, building that picture for yourself and making sure you're practicing gratitude and appreciation for where you are rather than being like, oh, again, everybody else is coupled up. I'm the only single one. Instead of saying, no, okay, like, wow, why is it so great I'm single? What is good in my life already? Like, I'm sure you've had this, but, you know, being pregnant now, I'm sure it was something that you wished for in the past And now you're like, oh my God, thank God I enjoyed all those years where I was single and free and, you know, not pregnant and things like that. Yeah, 100%. I think that the last point that you just said is a lot about having acceptance for your own journey, acceptance Mm. for your own path. And I think when you lose hope or when you feel in a really hopeless place of dating, then you're so focused on all the things that you don't have and all the things that you've convinced yourself that you will never have because the, yeah. the brain of a hopeless person is just constantly saying, okay, this is the thing that I've not got. I'm never going to be able to get that. Plus everyone else has got it. And, and not only that, everyone else is extremely happy that they've got it. And I'm like miserable because yeah. I've not. So that's very dramatic. But if you're listening to this and that sounds like some thoughts that you will tell yourself, just know that you're not alone. Just n- let me validate you. Because I think that we've all we've all been there in our single days and, and it, it is really normal to to go through that but I would say and and this is my process that I work through and you know I've got my next chapter course and I'm just about to release a next chapter in love course and a lot of the work that we do is around acceptance and is around like I love the word gratitude as well but even just before we get to gratitude just feeling like okay like even though I'm not necessarily where I thought I would be at this age I'm okay with my journey and I'm okay with actually being here now just like you use the example most of us don't ever feel that acceptance until after we've got the thing that we want but the practice here that I work with a lot with my clients is like how can you sit in that acceptance even though the thing that you want isn't there because the truth is one day you will look back and say, oh, remember those times when, you know, I was dating or I was single or, you know, it was just pie in the sky that I would ever have a relationship that would stick or I would, you know, if you want to have children, that I'll get pregnant and all those things. But that's the key because in order to go and get those things, it's kind of like a bit of a, a paradox. You have to already act like you deserve them. You have to already act like you are going to get them. And there's some, and and I know a lot of people have bad opinions of fake it till you make it. I'm not going to call it that, but there's some element there of working on yourself and working on your mindset to believe really that 
I am going to get that thing eventually. And I worked on this a lot. I can say on my personal journey that when I was turning 35 and I did have a huge wobble about being single, you know, I could share, share a little bit about the bad times, but in the good times, it was very much about being like, you know, one day my house is going to be really messy with <laughs> shit everywhere from kids. And I'm going to not have this freedom and not be able to get on a plane and just do whatever I want. And I'm not going to be able to just have this freedom to focus on my business and basically just do whatever the fuck I want, whenever I want. And when I tapped into that feeling of like, no, no, this is happening for a reason. I'm supposed to be this age. I'm supposed to enjoy my life this way. I enjoyed it more. And I do think that the more I channeled into that energy, then obviously that led to better dates or better experiences. It's really important. It's really hard. A lot of clients come to me and ask me, how can you get acceptance? And it's like the big, it's almost like the biggest emotional hoop to jump through, but it's the one that I don't have an answer for because it's very, firstly, it's not something that just happens in an instant. And secondly, it's something that you have to keep practicing all the time. Yeah. Yeah, I totally agree. And it's almost, it kind of falls into the bracket, doesn't it, of like letting go of expectation and, you know, kind of like that sort of surrendering almost, doesn't it? And it's so exactly. hard when you say to somebody, yeah, I want you to <laughs> I want you to focus on finding love. But I don't want you to like focus on the outcome. You know, I want you to date, but no, we can't focus on like getting the husband. You have to actually be happy, like without the partner. <laughs> A lot of them and then pretend to do that like it's like yeah I'm fine without a partner and, and I'm fine and then it's like but you're not really and I do I really have to say that it, it's you can trick yourself into thinking it but it's not always how it works and if we're speaking about like just the question of how to gain hope right how can I gain hope that I will find a relationship that I'm looking for and I will eventually meet my person I honestly think that one of the answers is not really an answer to the question, but one of the solutions, quote unquote, is to just go out there and create an amazing, amazing life that you love that is not about anybody else. Because the truth is, is that when that person will come into your life eventually, if you're not happy with where you are now, you won't be happy with them in the future. Maybe you will be for the honeymoon period, but then your life will just, you know, ease out. I'm in a relationship now. Life isn't perfect, shockingly. And I just think it's really important to really try hard to build a life that you love, which a lot of people do find hard to do when they're waiting for this elusive person to come and solve all their problems. That is the thing, isn't it? We do. And look, also, it's. I think it's, it's slightly human nature, isn't it? But it's also... We've been fed a diet of, oh, when you are with somebody, everything's so much easier. It's, it's you know, every film ends when the person gets together with somebody, right? They do, It doesn't follow the arguments over the dishwasher and things like that. <laughs> it, <laughs> so we're conditioned to be like, oh, okay, the goal is the marriage, the, you know, 2.5 kids, the white picket fence, and then that's it. So no wonder we are so fixated on meeting people but yeah I love I love 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 what you said about it's not even about gratitude it's about acceptance and yeah that like surrender to the happiness of where you are now and it's an interesting Mm. concept isn't it like what if you think about the things you really want 
like what you think you need to be happy if I took them away could you still be happy wow you know like such a good question yeah like if I took okay what do I need to be happy I need a great body okay Mm -hmm. well you're pregnant but your body changes if I took that away could you still be happy well, happy. It's, this is a bit spiritual, yeah. but like, happiness is so internal and it's not based on external things. But yeah. I do think that it's a pattern, and I'm sure you see it a lot. That mm. when and it's human nature, it's psychology. When there is something that we don't have, we attribute our happiness to the lack of the thing that we want. Yeah. So let's take that back to dating. When we're single, we want to be in a relationship. We attribute our happiness to the th- the fact our unhappiness to the fact that we don't have a relationship, and that's obviously saying that. And when we when we will meet someone will eventually be really happy. And I do think, I want to say actually, from my experience of meeting someone a little over a year ago, that there's so much social validation for meeting somebody that there is this element of, well, I am more happy because it finds, I'm just be honest and say it, that does feel like a little bit of a tick box. Like, oh, now I don't have to date anymore. Met someone great, Mm. enjoying my time together. And also everyone else is like, oh my God, I'm so excited for you. And this is so amazing and all those things. But when you're single, it's very rare. Maybe your single friends do it, but society doesn't come to you and it's like, oh my God, you've just gone through a really big breakup and you're living alone and you've just solo traveled and like, you've just like made loads of new friends and you've just like had the best year of your life. Like, wow, that's amazing. Always, always, always. And we all do it. I even do it myself, right? Like I do it to my friends and my clients when they tell me they're in a new relationship. I'm like, oh my God. But it's the social validation of it that for the first months of being with with my uh, partner Ellie, I was like on cloud nine because I'm like, oh, finally you have to date. You know, it's really, really great. And then at some point, you know, real life kicks in. I'm going to say for us, it happened when we moved in together. And all of a sudden, I just remember voice noting best friends and saying, God, I forgot how hard a relationship is. Like, I forgot that, you know, like you said, who's going to empty the dishwasher and who's going to walk the dog and all those things. And it's like, yeah. And there was something there of like this really intense realization that I used to always tell my clients or speak about on the podcast of like, happiness is internal and it comes from inside. The outside circumstances will affect that, but it's not necessarily going to be a sustainable change and I really experienced it just being honest like I was like oh and then there were like times and I'm like oh my god like why did I ever think that being in a relationship was going to solve all my problems like now there's a whole new host of problems to deal with this <laughs> sharing space with someone and all those things so I'm not saying this to make people not want to look forward to a relationship a relationship is great when it's, it's when it's a good relationship it's definitely something to look forward to but there's something there about releasing this really strong idea like you said from this diet that we've been given from society mm-hmm. of like life will be perfect on the other side it just won't yeah. be it will be different it will be in some ways better and in some ways worse but it's your responsibility to go and create a life that you like regardless of your relationship status this is what I think but a bit maybe it's a bit bold no I I totally agree and look also I'm just going to be really blunt the more interests you have the more excited you are about your own life the more like you've got kind of going on the more interesting you are the more attractive you are and like the less time you have to stress over people who don't text you back less time you have to play around with bullshit like 
it, it it has you know you do it for you but if you want an incentive that's to do with dating that's it <laughs> yeah it's so true like go on a date with somebody and they're literally just the other person is just talking about work and all they do is work and date and and that's it and they don't really have lots of other interests around that that is a bit boring oh my god yeah my client like last night was she actually said she was like well the thing is he was just talking about like how you know he doesn't ever do much on his own or if he does do these things like oh it'd be so much better if he was with someone and like you know he didn't seem like remotely excited about his life and what does she call it like wet spaghetti energy or something like that but it's literally that thing where it's it was like he didn't see didn't seem excited about his life and all he complained about how much better it would be if he had a partner she's like it's bad yeah like well that's that's not even an energy leak that's just like literally being so upfront and honest on a date that you just are waiting to be with somebody but it's probably <laughs> yeah. like it's so ironic because this person i'm sure will find it much harder to meet somebody because he's like just full of yeah. what's well, yeah. the energy you know Let's forget the energy. Yeah, I would say as well, though, last, maybe, the, maybe the, the last thing I'd say about this subject is it is really, I do understand it's so difficult to ask yourself to like believe in the world or possibility or, or believe in something new if you haven't experienced it yet. So it's so difficult to be, you know, if you have experienced constant rejection or ghosting or whatever to sit here and be like oh but just you know you've got to you've got to have hope you've got to trust right trust 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 it's so difficult to trust if you haven't experienced it so I do really hold so much space for people who are in that boat because I was in it for years but one thing that really did help me actually was visualization because Mm. it meant I could tap into how it might feel when I was with somebody what it might kind of be like, all of those kind of things, even though I hadn't yet experienced it. So it strengthened my ability to like trust that something could happen and that I got almost familiar with the feelings. Oh, I love that. And how did you do the visualizations? How did you know like where to look for them and how to go about it? YouTube. I've got one on my website as well that you can download. But yeah, with them and the more I did research into it, it's really interesting. So top athletes use visualization to help them. You know, if you take a marathon runner for an example, they will use visualization to get them not only across the finish line winning, but what they will actually do is imagine kind of all the hardship as they go. So they will imagine themselves getting a cramp halfway through and what do they do about it? They imagine themselves thinking, oh my God, I can't do this. I can't do this and just keep going. So they almost kind of talk them through every single possibility. So if it happens on the day, then they've, they've already, it's already familiar. And it is when there's like a little blocker with clients, like if they can't, if they couldn't, for example, walk into a room, make eye contact with somebody or they couldn't, you know, even go on the date initially, we can do those kind of techniques as well. So highly recommend, very interesting. Yeah, I love that because it's like the the analogy of the getting cramp or, you know, what you just said is like the analogy of being rejected. And I want, I want to say that those are the hardest times for me to maintain hope. Like I was a very hopeful person in dating. I think, you know, I, I agree with you. There's a lot of compassion to be had for somebody who's never experienced love, especially if you're in your 30s and you're like, oh my God, I don't know what it feels like to be in a relationship. Like, 
you know, it is a difficult, it's a, let's, let's not do comparisons, but it's a difficult place to be. But lots of people lose trust because they've also been in a relationship and had their trust broken by somebody, you know, after 10 years, five years or however long. As somebody who is really, was really optimistic about dating when I first came out of my last relationship at the age of 33 and found myself single in my 30s unexpectedly dating for the first time I was really um full of optimism and full of hope and then it was like over time that just dwindled and dwindled and dwindled I think it was just more of a an expectation thing like I just kind of thought oh, I'm just gonna go out there and date and I'm sure I'm gonna meet with somebody in the first few months again people had said that like oh you know often when you come out of a big relationship you just meet someone unexpectedly and and it's going to be the right thing and in my head I just thought that would happen and then I thought even if that doesn't happen I'm going to enjoy dating again because I really enjoyed it when I was 26 27 and obviously the world of dating the landscape of dating has dramatically changed since then because of the apps and just this whole new thing about ghosting and yeah like I did have a lot of rejection those few years that I was single I experienced a lot of rejection and I would be like such a good mindset about dating it would be like going along my life good mindset good mindset good mindset and then I would get boom rejection out of nowhere from someone like even if it had just been one first date with somebody that I thought went really well and then they just messaged afterwards saying really sorry I also I just didn't feel the vibe or whether it's after six seven dates and then someone's like this isn't you know happened to me a few times and it was like just don't really see this going anywhere it doesn't seem like a you know good fit those are the hardest times those days after though that happened it was just full of despair it was full of yeah like that was when the hopelessness for me came up like it was like somebody who is usually so full of hope was just so full of despair and I guess I'm sharing this not really as like a a tip or coaching life coaching tool or something but just to say it's okay to lose hope along the way like not every day is going to be perfect like it's if someone rejects you or you have your hopes up about something and doesn't work out like like feel the sadness like that's fine it happens sometimes oh my god I remember like sitting once on I think it was like 11 o'clock at night, like on the floor wailing. And my sister came and was like, are you all right? And she's like, no, like, when is it going to happen? When is it going to happen for me? And it was, again, it was because I'd just been like ghosted by yet another unavailable idiot. It was just that like, oh my God, the despair, as you said, that, that feeling of, ugh. And I'm sorry, but also in those moments, right, you don't say to yourself, it's okay. Rejection is redirection. <laughs> yeah, it's you not just, like, oh, yeah. an Instagram meme is going to help me get yeah, off the floor right. and stop waiting. <laughs> yeah. Sometimes at that point, you just can't even hear advice. You just need to let no. it be. You just need to process yeah. and let yourself feel shit. Yeah. And that's the thing, I think, like, just you know when you are experiencing something that brings you so much sadness no so it's it's loss of I actually think like the the loss of the hope of the potential and you know if even if it's a potential date that you thought kind of clicked or it'd been a few dates as you said like all those kind of micro mini breakups are just as painful what is it like death by a thousand cuts and yeah. You know, so let yourself please have so much compassion and acceptance for mm. what you're going through and know that 
when you are ready to start putting your energy back on you again and start doing just a few nice things for yourself or, you know, ready to get up off the floor, that's okay. That's where the tools can come in or the mindset or the whatever. But just be really, really gentle with yourself please especially around Christmas time (laughs) yeah I think that's the advice that's the coaching advice here is that just I always say it's like a riding a wave let yourself ride that wave of rejection let yourself like be in that shit place and just know and trust again going back to the trust that it will pass and that you will get back on the on the horse and I think that when you're in that place, you can often like really see darkness and just think that's it. Like I'm never going to want to date again. Another thing that didn't work out, but just remind yourself that it will, you know, that even not that it will work out, but this feeling of despair will pass. And I actually had a few situations where, where I got rejected. This is actually the person that I was dating just before I met Ellie, like a few months before. And he rejected me after it, it is so obvious now I look back and we were so incompatible but at the time I was really like blinded by by this person and really wanted something to work out and I remember being so devastated by the rejection on the day that I received this like very lovely worded whatsapp saying I'm really sorry like you know I don't want to carry on carry this on and crying crying wailing on the floor vibes and then the day after waking up and being like huh what just happened <laughs> like I remember being like everything is fine and I think that wasn't just because this person and I were not compatible but it was more that that was the work that I've done on myself it was like that was the whole of last year was really dedicated of 2022 was really really dedicated to doing this coaching and work when it comes to dating like I really did take the time to like do all the things that you're talking about the inventory the audits the behavior patterns relationship patterns like my own mindset and beliefs and do all the stuff and when you do that the tools come exactly like you said those tools can really come into play on those dark days on those bad times and then it, it's okay to fall off the path but you'll get back on quicker once you've done the work yeah and it's it's so difficult to start applying the tools when you're in the pits of rejection or anxiety or despair or whatever is going on that's why kind of like the slower you start the sooner you start and the more you can build on it, as Emma said, the easier it gets. I've got a question for you. You mentioned, I think Go it was on. on the last podcast we did, you said there was a point where you'd got like really cynical when it came to dating. You realized you turned into quite a cynical person around that. Do you remember there being any kind of one thing that helped you get out of that? Yeah, I became, I def- we definitely spoke about this on the on the last podcast. I think I shared a story how I became cynical about it. I guess it was linked to age as well and like becoming a mother, but it was like almost like, oh my God, is it going to happen and how I want it to happen? And I started to, I wouldn't say cynical is the word, but I was looking at other people who were doing things that I wanted and was a bit like, is it true? Like, can that really happen? It was like this one specific person on Instagram who I'd become a little bit fixated on and who had met somebody very quickly and like their whole Instagram had gone from like being a single person to being this like huge like love story and I just was a bit like huh like obviously that's just not my style anyway like it's just we have a very different that we would produce content as as content creators me and this uh, person but more than that I remember sitting with 
a really close friend and being like, oh yeah, like as if it's true, like they're clearly just like doing it for like attention and Instagram. And then my friend was like, wow, when did you get so cynical? And I was like, (laughs) wow, when did I get so cynical? And that was like a huge thing for me. And honestly, how I got out of it, um, and I feel like this is a repetition of the last episode, but was by expanding my mind to the fact that if this can happen to this person, then it can happen to me. And I think that that's something that we don't focus on enough. And this actually is a great question. You've asked me, it loops around to something I did want to mention at the start of the episode was like, it's funny, right? When we feel hopeless about dating or meeting someone, we genuinely feel like it's not going to happen for us. But if you were to ask this client or if you were to ask me at that point, okay, do you think it can happen for someone else, right? Like you have a friend who's single who maybe has never met someone before. And do you think that they are deserving of and will eventually meet the person that they're supposed to meet? And without hesitation, I'm like, of course they will. Of course they'll find love. When clients come to me and they're upset that they're single and they're not going to meet someone, I'm like, there's no doubt in my mind. You know, I've worked with many clients for many years and I always say, it might not, we don't, we don't know when it's going to happen. It can happen next month. It can happen in five years, but eventually your story will lead you to the path that your story will be on. And that if that is, what part of the story that you want is to be with somebody you will eventually be with somebody but we have this unicorn effect where we think it will work for everyone else but not for us so when I was in my most cynical phase it was a lot about realizing like I believe it can happen for other people well actually at the time I didn't I I was doubting that person it's not true it's not true but I think it wasn't I didn't believe that she was in a happy relationship it was more that like you know the cynicism of like oh, like, why do you have to post it all over Instagram and, like, trigger everyone? But also it's like, yeah, like, if that person can find love and, you know, have her big love story within that space of time, then there's no reason that I can't. If I believe truly that all of my clients will eventually meet someone or all of my closest friends who are single are going to meet someone, then why wouldn't I believe that I will meet someone? And that led me on, again, going back to what I said before, this journey of using those tools, like, it really did, like... I decided to take a break from dating, which again, you mentioned before as well, is like actually a really good strategy and to focus on what I was looking for and the beliefs that were holding me back. And I realized that I had become a bit cynical and I think that I really needed to open up those channels within me, that belief channel that it would happen for me in order to get to a relationship, which happened that conversation was had in April 2022 and Ellie and I started our a love journey because we were friends before we started dating September so it was wow. six months of work in that yeah. time I didn't date that much I think I, I went on a for me I'm a serial dater I must have gone on like a handful of dates which for me isn't a lot in those six months I did stay put. I didn't go traveling because that was something that was stopping me from meeting someone because I would just like be constantly coming and going. So I wasn't committed to like even my own like journey of like going inwards. And also I would go on a date with someone and be like, oh, I'm flying for four months in a day. So I'll see you soon. And then I did have this like mini situationship thing. I think that's what the cool kids call it these days in the middle. But apart from that, I was really focused on myself and I froze my eggs. So all of those things like happened during that, those yeah. six months. And then, and then again, it wasn't like perfect. It wasn't like, I went to sleep on September the, I'm going to make a pro anniversary. I went to sleep on September the 17th, full of hope and belief and trust. And I just went to sleep and I just knew this is it. My life is going to lead me to my life partner. And then I woke up the next morning and 
he just presented himself. No. At the end of your bed. <laughs> How great would that be though if that was a thing? Like we could just do that, like a magic potion. It wasn't like that. And then obviously when me starting dating was just the start of another journey of, you know, after yeah. a few years of being single, shifting that identity, which is like a whole other podcast episode for another time. Oh my God, but, yes, we need to talk about uh, that. Yeah, that's kind of like the net. This is like, how do you? The first, the question is, like, how do you keep hope when you've not got it? And then it's like, when you get it, how do you, how do you stay? I, how do you keep it? <laughs> I love as well what you mentioned there because, again, I think that sometimes we wrap up like this, this hope in the fairy tale. So we have really quite high expectations of what it's going to look and feel like, which is what we sort of stay hopeful for and actually nothing's really going to measure up to our expectations of what it could be like because you don't live in a Hollywood movie and what is it like 10% of people like report love at first sight and I personally believe they just got very very lucky with compatibility and they really fancied somebody yeah um yeah. <laughs> I agree I really but, agree so, you know, I think the there there is something in there, isn't there, about whether it's adjusting expectations of yourself, of the other person, of of a of a relationship to almost allow hope and the trust to be more attainable. It's like, mm. yes, if I said, Are you do you trust you're gonna meet somebody? But it was this massive idea that feels so far away because it's this whole big thing where, you know, the world stops and Prince Charming rides in, that does seem more far away than actually going on a few dates, being like, yeah, I like them, but you know, mm, okay, yeah, I don't know. And then liking them a little bit more and more each time and then one day being blinded and being like, oh my God, like this person's so great. I can't wait to see them. <laughs> I think what you just said is so important. And I know it's like kind of like opening up a whole yeah. Pandora's box of something else, but like, yeah, when we go on a date, especially like a first date, even a second date, and we don't have that initial click and spark and like, oh my God, like this could be someone I want to be with. And it's like just someone, right? Like a person that we like have maybe a rapport with, but we're not necessarily, you know, oh my God, we don't give them a chance. Why? Because what you just said, it's funny when you say it, it sounds so obvious, like, yeah. but when you're in it, most people, I don't think, give the other person a chance because they just think it shouldn't be this way it should just be known from the start and I think that the thing that makes it so much worse is the voices of people speaking out loud saying and you hear this in like wedding speeches and you know lots of like friends of friends about someone like they just knew you hear that story again again. they sat down on the date and the minute you know and I said to my best friend like the wedding speech I said said to my best friend you know the minute after I walked away from the date I sent her a voice note saying I'm going to marry this man. I'm going to marry this woman, right? And we hear those stories so much that we really truly believe them. So when we don't have them, we think, oh no, it's not right. But because the truth is, is that no one's really posting or saying in a wedding speech, I went on a first date. He was fine. He was lovely. seemed sweet. We didn't kiss. And I'm not really sure what he feels about me. And I don't know if I should see him again. That's a shit wedding speech. No one wants to hear that. (laughs) (laughs) Right? Yeah. And also I will say like, you know, you're not going to like end up with somebody who like you don't fancy and you find boring. Like we're not saying that, but yeah, what I just wanted to get at sometimes is the hope that we build in our head, like the image that, that it has to be like 
it's so big and feels so far away and it's difficult to maintain that but if I said to you maybe do you trust that one day you could go on a date and giggle and feel like yeah you found them really interesting and then they texted you and then maybe the next time you found them a bit more interesting and like you know you like them a little bit more do you trust that maybe that could happen and that and what do they say when you say that to clients so they say like they can trust more like okay I maybe can't trust that I'm going to meet a life partner but I can trust that I'm going to have a good day in the next six months yeah and it's 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 making the kind of the trust and the hope more attainable sometimes mm. yeah it's yeah it's yeah. interesting I hadn't really thought about it before but yeah it's the attainability isn't it yeah no I really love that mm. I think that's really a good point go on also what's so funny is I remember um, when I first met my husband as well we were like kind of dated like a little bit on and off and I remember my my best one of my best mates saying, "For God's sake, Kenny, you don't have to marry the person. <laughs> you don't have to marry him." <laughs> and then you're like, "Fine, but I will anyway." <laughs> yeah, and I was like, "Yeah, yeah, so true." They're literally, but but actually, I think this is a good the good thing to say is like, you know, a lot of the time. And again, this is really, really stereotypical. And I want to just really like reference here that not everyone has this attitude and not everyone also not everyone is looking for relationship but if you're listening to this you probably are but when we go on dates with someone and I did this countless amount of times we put so much pressure on each date to be that person that it's like again this is about expectations but you know we like we're so attached to the outcome that sometimes we can't even like see the person because we just want the thing so much and I used to go on dates and like it became a bit of a joke with my friends and I feel like there's a million Instagram memes about this, but like I would go on dates and then be like, here's my future husband. It became a joke, but also not a joke. And I would go out with someone. And like, I remember going on a date with someone who was like really good looking. And he has like, we had a really great rapport and we had lots of things, but actually not necessarily incompatible. I don't know. We didn't see each other many more times, but I don't know him. I don't know this person, but just because I was attracted to him and because we had a good like banter and flirting that was it and I would say to my friends I met my future husband and it's like no I really believe a good strategy in dating is to just not get too attached at least for the first few dates like really really don't date thinking that you're going to marry this person because that can also just put such a intense pressure on you and on them (laughs) and it can that's another energy leak that can come through definitely and kind of having that like you know objectivity actually because how many times as well do you date somebody and then like they you know dump you or don't speak to you again and you cry yourself to sleep for however many days and then you look back in six months and you were like what the hell was I thinking (laughs) yeah these are all the stories that I'm telling now like it's really nice in hindsight obviously to know but oh my god so often so often I would just make believe all these things and then now I look back and you know, even like looking back now on dates that I went on that I did really like the person did see, I did see like a future with them and then they finished for whatever reason and, or I did have a really good first date and didn't understand why they didn't want to see them again, mm-hmm. why they didn't want to see me again. Like now I have met someone, I'm like, okay, <laughs> maybe that person would have been great, but I really didn't know them. And like, I think it's no. really important to understand that the, you know, dating somebody I don't think you really, really, really get to know someone until like 
basically move in with them. <laughs> no, not saying, no. No, like not saying that, but as in you really don't get to know somebody that well on the first few dates. So stop projecting onto them who they are until you've yeah. really got a chance to to get to know them. I think I think like it's the average amount of time it takes you like three months to figure out if you if you could be in something maybe a little bit more long term with somebody. Mm. So thinking you're gonna know after three dates isn't really helpful like I always say do you like them a little bit less or a little bit more and if it's a little bit less okay did your environment change were you tired what was going on with you blah 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 Mm. you know like it's it's just yeah going in and being curious and thinking you might you're gonna have a nice time you're gonna learn something new it's so much more helpful than is this person going to fulfill all of my hopes and dreams for the future (laughs) hundred percent. But isn't it funny how it's like people swing between, you know, those two types of hope. It's either help, hopeless and despair, yeah. and never going to meet someone or this person is the person and yes. there's like nothing in between. So let's try and all, <laughs> let's end the episode by saying, let's try and find the in between where you can feel hopeful and practice trust knowing that you are where you're meant to be, that the person you're going to be with will be there. We don't know when or how or what it will look like, but they will be. And let's not put pressure on specific people to be so full of hope. Anything else that you want to add, like final bit of girl talk before we finish? Anything that we've not said? I feel like we've covered a lot. Yeah, we've covered so much. I would just say maybe to build on your point, your last point as well, like we kind of want that like, steady happy excited trust that it is going to work out but if you looked around right at your life now all the areas of the things that did work out the unexpected magic the jobs you got the friends you lived with or made you know in every area of your life there will be so much evidence and support that things do work out for you that Mm -hmm. like things dreams come true that hope is there so today if you are feeling a little bit shit maybe just have a little look at your life and see where what amazing things actually did come of situations that you thought were challenging or that you know put you out of your comfort zone I love that but I'm not even going to say anything else it's hard for me not to reply to comments (laughs) but I would just say I really love that you said that and I think that's a really nice way to end it thank you so much for coming on even though you are covered in chicken pox and (laughs) I know most people in my community and who listen to this podcast already follow you and know you and are as obsessed with you as I am but can you let somebody who's new to you know where they can find out more about you and your work of course. So my Instagram is the compatibility coach, sorry, the dot compatibility dot coach. But you know, you can find me on Emma's Instagram as well. So I'm mainly on there. You can also follow my smug travels around Fiji and New Zealand. After, I'm obviously. so jealous. Well, I clearly won't be posting any bikini pics with my scaly skin at the moment. But yeah, you can follow me around in the camper van. And I'm also, do you know what? I'm running a quick January challenge, actually, that's super low cost. It's over four days. It's like half, 20 minutes, half an hour a day, where we just like reset your vision. We think about your values. We do a little bit of an inventory. And actually, we then start expanding and like looking at space and stuff. So that might be a nice thing if people just want a kind of like January refresher around dating to get involved with. But yeah, otherwise message me on Instagram, check out my website, thecompatibilitycoach.co.uk 
And I'm always up for a chat as well. Love that. Amazing. Thank you so, so much. Have the best time traveling. It's my first winter since 2020 that I haven't been somewhere tropical over winter. So I'm just literally going to be living vicariously through you and your Instagram. So please be really smug and scales Um, on your scales. I'm going to lose so many um, followers, aren't I? (laughs) No, no, no. I used to think that would happen and then it didn't happen. People would like literally message me every day and be like, I love watching you on your journey. So I feel like people Um, will be the same. Amazing. Great. Well, thank you so, so much. And I'll see everybody on the podcast next week. Thanks.